0: in your mind, in your heart, gain
1: new knowledge, get a fresh new start, and Jay Netler will bring you there.
0: So let's talk about it when life and darkness. Good morning, everyone. From freezing Westchester, it's 20 degrees here. But the sun is shining, and we have the most amazing New York Times author, Brian Freeman, here at Infinite. But before I start, I would be remiss if I didn't do this. Today, my niece, Casey, turns 25. She said she's old. I don't think so. Happy birthday, Casey. I'm so proud of you. She's going for respiratory therapy, and her aunt is right there with her. So have a great day, and I am proud of you. And Brian Freeman is here. We're going to talk about Infinite. And for those of you that haven't read it, what are you waiting for? So, good morning, Brian. How are you? And I'm so glad you're back on MJ Network.
1: I'm doing great, and it's great to be back talking to you again.
0: This is great. Now, this is different. This is a departure from anything. So, most people don't understand doppelganger. So, what exactly is that, and how come you decided to create that as part of your book? Because that was really good.
1: Yeah, this is the most unusual story I've ever told, which is, uh, which made it a lot of fun creatively. I mean, Infinite is uh, uh, it, it's a departure for me and yet it's also a classic Brian Freeman thriller as well. But uh, you know, I, I, I confess, I, I never expected to see the day where I would, I would go out on Amazon and see that one of my books is labeled the, the number one bestseller in science fiction. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think of Infinite as science fiction, but I guess it kind of, you know, grazes into that genre because there is sort of a, a, you know, a, a science underlay to what's going on. So I could see where uh, where folks might think of it as science fiction, and, and science fiction fans would probably enjoy it. But to me, it, it really is it, it is it's a very human story. It, it's a very uh, redemptive story for the hero, and uh, and yeah, the the focus is on. Doubles or doppelgangers, I mean, doppelgangers are uh, exact duplicates of you. So it, uh, if, if you see someone that, that looks identical to you, that's, you know, that's your doppelganger. I remember it was, it was uh, a few years ago I was at the, the Minnesota State Fair with, with Marsha and uh, I, I glanced over and uh, I, I saw someone from the back, and I looked at the back of their head, and I thought, oh, my God, that, that looks exactly like me uh unfortunately when he turned around it uh, it it there it was it was it was someone else not my, my my one of my infinite doubles but uh from the back you would have sworn you were looking at me so you know it it's the kind of thing that uh, uh you, you just never know and you'll you'll hear stories about people who who find you know folks that that look so close to them that it, it just it, it's a little bit creepy
0: if i saw somebody look like me i probably get scared i've got to just like hide and <laughs> know it was done for, done. I, I would, just one of me, they said it's bad enough, that's what I've been told. <laughs> so, can I just start this with Carly, my poor Carly, she, she dies and she wanted to tell him something before. So tell us about this accident and why Dylan feels that it was his fault that happened to her.
1: Yeah, Infinite is Infinite is is told in in first person narration by a man named Dylan Moran and uh yeah, D- Dylan I I really had an interesting time, you know, creating Dylan's narration because anytime particularly when you're writing in the first person, you you sort of need your your hero to to open up and trust you and let you inside their story and uh, it, it felt to me like you know, Dylan was was holding back a bit in the in the early days as I was you know kind of getting my head around him and and the story. And I think that's partly because Dylan is a hero that has made a lot of mistakes in his life. Uh, and and he he suffered uh, he he suffered a terrible trauma when he was a child, and and the effect of that trauma has sort of lingered in all of his his relationships in life. And uh, and he he's always kind of fighting against uh, an antagonist that he can't really identify. And of course, the reality is that, that the real antagonist in Dylan's life is himself. And and that's kind of the symbol that underlies the entire book is that, that ultimately, you know, the, 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 the anti-hero that Dylan needs to deal with and defeat is, you know, his own psyche and his own, uh, uh, you know, challenges of his past. Uh, and the one person uh, that, that has really... Uh, been able to sort of try to reach him uh, is his wife carly and uh, and yet you know and, and yet Dylan 's really not able to to open up to her i mean Carly saw something in Dylan that Dylan really did not see in himself and um, uh, Dylan 's really struggled to be able to become the person that that Carly knows he can be uh and and it it seems as if that 's too late at the beginning of the book because They've they've had a terrible argument. Um, Carly has actually cheated on him. Dylan has shut his whole mind off to uh, to, to to Carly's you know apologies and protestations. And uh, they are driving back from a, a weekend in rural Illinois where they where they went to try to sort of put their their lives back together. And and uh, they're driving through a horrific rainstorm. And uh, and and Dylan is is just he's he's shut off his mind to to, to Carly, and he's driving too fast he's driving too recklessly and uh there's been a flood across the highway because of the rain and 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 dylan's car goes into the flood and uh, and and in the process he, he you know he, he's able to get out of the car but as he dives down to try to rescue his wife he can't and and that's the that that's the crisis on which the entire book begins um it's it's sort of the the, the ultimate low point in dylan's life
0: does he work and what
1: does he do and he can't face where he lives that's even harder yeah Dylan uh, Dylan is a he's a hotel events manager in downtown Chicago And, and I deliberately picked kind of a Uh, an ordinary job for Dylan. I mean, I want him to be sort of an ordinary kind of hero. I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a a superhero or a special quote unquote kind of person. He's, he's like anybody else. And and he's made, you know, he's made some bad choices and, uh, and, and, um, uh, and, and in the wake of the accident, I think he he struggles to to go back to that life because he, he sort of has lost his uh, his sense of, of, of who he is and and um, and and where life is taking him um, so uh, he, he doesn't want to go back to, to their apartment in Chicago because all that he's going to see in his apartment is is echoes of Carly and reminders of uh, the mistakes he made uh, so he, he's really in the midst of, of this uh, this you know grief and trauma uh, and uh, uh in the midst of that, something strange, very strange, begins to happen uh, to Dylan. Uh, when he was trying to rescue Carly uh, in the river, he had this vision of someone standing by the side of the riverbank, uh, and he was screaming at this person to come help him, to come help him you know, rescue his wife. Uh, and what he can't explain to himself is that, that uh, this person that he saw on the riverbank Uh, Was him it was a vision of himself standing there on the riverbank and uh, he 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 thinks it must have been you know his imagination it was night it was raining he was in the midst of this horrible trauma and yet on some level Dylan also knows uh, that he did see what he saw and he can't uh, he can't explain it to himself that's a
0: hard thing to explain himself especially when you see yourself so tell us about Roscoe and how he lost him and why he keeps coming back over and over again.
1: Yeah, Roscoe is uh Roscoe is Dylan's best friend. Uh and uh Roscoe uh they, they met all the way back in, in grade school and uh you know, Roscoe was a small small kid, bookish kid with glasses and, and Dylan who wasn't much taller himself but was <laughs> kind of a scrappy fighter even back then, um, uh, you know, helped Dylan when, or helped Roscoe when he was being, you know, bullied and picked on by other kids. And the two of them became best friends. Um, But ever since that, uh, Dylan has felt like it's, it's really Dylan who needs Roscoe in his life and is is being helped and guided by Roscoe. Um, uh, But the, the, it's another of the losses that Dylan has suffered that, that a few years earlier, uh, there was there was a car accident uh, and, uh, and Roscoe was killed and Dylan blames himself for the accident. He did to blame himself for all the bad things in life because uh, uh, he had, he had gotten into a fight um, uh, and uh, and Roscoe had come to literally to bail him out uh, in the middle of the night and uh, it was as Roscoe was driving him home and and they were talking about what was going on in Dylan's life that the accident. Occurred. Um, So, uh, and yet that was also the night that Dylan met Carly. And, uh, and so he's got these tremendous mixed emotions about this horrific event in his life, because it, it, he feels like, um, you know, he, he, he was introduced to the most important person in his life in the, in the same moment that he lost the other important person in his life. And so he continues to, to, to blame himself and to feel guilty that, you know, in the wake of this this loss, uh, he found uh, he found Carly and, uh, and and that you know that guilt continues to haunt him.
0: Well this is the scary part for everybody. He goes to the banquet room of the hotel where he works and he has an encounter that starts everything and he sees this lady Eve and she says that he was a patient of hers. And when he goes to the bookstore and he sees her book Explained many worlds. I mean, that's scary. He had no idea who she was, did he?
1: Yeah, Eve Breyer is a. Um, what is she? She's uh, is she a psychiatrist? Is she a scientist? Is she a physicist? Is she uh, is, is she sort of a a um, sort of a a, a guide? To the other worlds I guess she's kind of all those things for, for Dylan uh, but he's he's finally back at the hotel and and he sees that there's going to be an event that night uh, this this uh, woman Eve Brier is going to be talking about uh, many lives and many worlds uh, and and how uh, how the the many worlds theory in quantum mechanics can apply to people's own... Uh, consciousness and uh, Dylan has never met this woman. He's never heard of this woman. He doesn't even remember her booking the space at the hotel. And uh, and so he talks to his his associate at the hotel, and uh, she says, "Well, that's strange because Eve said that she knew you when she booked the space." Uh, and so uh, so Dylan has to, to to figure out why does this this woman think that she knows him and um, when he doesn't remember her at all. And so he goes to the event that night and listens to her talking about this this many worlds theory. And uh, uh, the many worlds theory uh, is uh, it, it was a, a really fun thing to research for this book. It's a, it's an actual theory in quantum mechanics. Uh, and uh, and so I, I I just heard a couple of days ago from a professor of chemistry and quantum mechanics who, who who said he he enjoyed the book and appreciated how I worked it into the uh, into the story, so I was pleased to see I hadn't completely embarrassed myself in, in explaining how this works. But the uh, the, the concept um, behind the many worlds theory is to explain a problem in the in the math of quantum mechanics. And of course, the math of quantum mechanics uh, works pretty well because that's where we got things like the uh, the atomic bomb. And yet, there's a strange paradox in the in the in the theory of quantum mechanics, in that Based on the math, it, it theoretically should be possible uh, for, um, for particles to exist in, in more than one place at the same time. And um, one of the ways that, that uh, has come out to explain this is the is the many worlds theory, and and what the many worlds theory proposes is that essentially, with with every choice we make, we make all of the possibilities, and we simply make them in in different universes that begin branching out uh, uh, in an infinite way. So if you if you come to an intersection and you turn left, uh, uh, you are also turning right in a in a completely different universe, and so all of the different uh, possible threads play out uh, in in these other parallel universes, and it sounds it sounds crazy, and yet it's a it's a uh, it's a a real theory uh, in in quantum mechanics, and uh, and so Eve Breyer, the psychiatrist, her whole uh, philosophy is that um, uh, in in her counseling sessions with people, uh, she believes that she can. Uh, she can help people understand who they are and and deal with their, their their problems and their emotions if she can sort of open the door to their uh, to their other worlds. And uh, what she tells Dylan when they ultimately meet that night is that he in fact has been uh, her patient and and she has been guiding him to uh, these other worlds through this combination of of hypnosis and and mind altering drugs. Uh, but Dylan doesn't know who she is at all, uh, and uh, and and that's when sort of things begin to crack apart uh, for Dylan uh, as as he wonders, you know, have those doors to the to these other parallel universes actually opened?
0: Well, I hope there's only one of me, but then if there's somebody that's another one of me, I hope she's younger and richer, <laughs> and and could lead me to a better universe. <laughs> who knows? So who is Scotty, and what happens when Dylan faces off with him and finds himself as a center of a police investigation? And when does he realize that everything is not really real? I'm getting to wonder if he's yeah. real.
1: That, that is the challenge for Dylan, is is that he, he's starting to lose lose track of what is uh, what is real and and what is not. Uh, and uh, uh, this uh, this contractor... Named Scotty. Uh, this is uh, someone who who worked with his wife, and and uh, she was a real estate agent. And Scotty is the um, Scotty is the man that that Carly had a, 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 a drunken one night stand with that that she immediately regretted and felt horrible about. Uh, Dylan, of course, uh, wants to kill Scotty and and is you know enraged at this man. Uh, and so they, you know, they have this this confrontation in, in a house that, that Scotty is renovating uh, as a contractor, and uh, and and Dylan just, you know, is so close to lashing out, uh, and um, uh, ultimately uh, ultimately, you know, hits Scotty uh, and and then turns around and leaves, uh, and and supposedly that's the end of it, and yet by the end of the day. Uh, he's hearing that uh, that Scotty is is dead and that that he's the prime suspect. Um, so the question is, what's really going on? Uh, and of course, in the midst of this, Dylan is continuing to have these strange visions uh, of himself. Uh, he's over at the riverbank at the, at the Chicago River, and uh, uh, he, he he sees this shadow on the other side of the fence, and and ends up having a conversation. Uh, with this this doppelganger of his, uh, and so it's uh, it, it's it's something that Dylan can't process what's really happening to him, uh, and and uh, and of course in the midst of this struggle, he suddenly finds that he's also on the run from the police.
0: That's so cool. Huh? So it's very hard because you can't go after someone that you can't see and touch because this person is real but not real. That's scarier. Seriously. So, when does he go? He goes on Thursdays, and he has a special relationship with his grandfather. What is that?
1: Yeah, uh, one of the one of the most interesting relationships in the book, I think, is is between Dylan and his uh, his grandfather Edgar. Who, uh, uh, in in some ways, Edgar is uh, is is kind of a a warning shot for Dylan because. Edgar is 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 um, you know is old and and a uh, uh, kind of a, a codger and and a crank and uh, he's uh, he's come out on at the end of his life uh, and as as someone he's 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 made all those bad choices that that Dylan had made and never found you know a way past them and and so he had uh, his his wife had left him and, and he's ended up. In a pretty bitter, um, a bitter state, and, and Dylan looks at this man and thinks, you know, is this the direction that I'm going to? Uh, but what um, what what becomes kind of a centerpiece of the book is the fact that that Dylan and Edgar always meet for lunch every Thursday, uh, and they meet in downtown Chicago at the Art Institute uh, because uh, Edgar. Uh, loves the painting uh, Nighthawks by Edward Hopper, and uh, and and so they're always standing in front of of Nighthawks uh, in in the book. Uh, and Edgar has the um, you know has a, has sort of a story about Nighthawks that if uh, if it hadn't been for him, the the painting never would have been in the Art Institute because when he was a little boy, uh, he uh, he, uh, he ran into someone on the Chicago streets and accidentally knocked him over. And in the process of knocking that man over actually saved him because at that moment a, a truck went barreling through a red light at the intersection. Uh, and as it turned out, that man was actually the uh, the director of the uh, the Art Institute back in the 1940s. And he was the man who had acquired the painting later that year from, uh, from, from Edward Hopper himself. And so if it hadn't been for edgar uh the the director would have been killed, and nighthawks would never have ended up in in the art institute so um but that's the kind of thing that again you 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 think well is uh you know uh what what happens in the parallel universes because if if that happened in this world, then there's a world in which uh it didn't happen.
0: Maybe there's a better world, but I doubt it so what happened to his parents, and why does he feel guilty for not stopping for his father when he was a kid? That plays into his
1: parents' personality too. Yeah, that that's the sort of the root trauma in in Dylan's life that that kind of shaped everything that that happened uh, after that. Uh, that ultimately, um, you know, Dylan um, uh, Dylan's parents were were. Desperately unhappy together. And uh, <clears throat> what he didn't know at the time was that his, his mother was having uh, an affair. She was a police officer. And um, uh, ultimately, one night when, when, when Dylan was just a, a, a young boy, um, uh, his father ended up you know, murdering his mother in, in front of him and then turning the gun on himself. And uh, and and Dylan has been haunted by this event ever since, uh, and and wondering, you know, what could he have done this this young boy to stop it, and could he have managed to to save his mother? Could he have managed to you know interfere and and, and get the gun? Could could somehow he have prevented what actually happened? Uh, and and so that event has has shaped how <clears throat> how Dylan approaches relationships in his life, and uh, and has sort of. Set the cycle of of guilt and anger ever since. You know, so when Dylan gets into to fights, it, it typically is because he sees you know a woman who is being you know abused or bullied by by a man in in her life, and 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 he just lashes out because of course he's he's remembering what happened to his mother, and and it, it's sort of an instinctive uh, reaction when that happens.
0: Well, this is where it gets good, really good. He decides to try many worlds, and that's kind of dangerous because she's giving him a drug. So when he enters the world, he's no longer in this one. How does what happens allow him to realize that there's a whole bunch of him out there? And just how dangerous is this drug? I don't know. There's something about Eve. I don't know. Can't put my finger on it
1: well and that's uh and that's where everything really starts to get fun uh is that uh, <clears throat> um dylan who who sort of has no uh no options left i mean he's his 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 best friend is gone his wife is gone he's uh, he's wanted by the police um uh and he thinks well he has really sort of nothing left to lose and so he goes to eve breyer uh, the psychiatrist to say okay i, I I want to chase this doppelganger uh, into the other world and see if I can stop him because he's realized that this, this doppelganger is, is destroying the lives of the, the Dylan Morans that are out there. Uh, and so um, they're, they're sitting out at uh, on this bench in the early morning at Navy pier and, uh, and Eve Breyer um, uh, gives him the drug that, that helps kind of open up his mind uh, to the many worlds. And, and that's where, uh, he starts to starts to sort of open through the portal and um, what's what's fun is that the the, the portal that that Dylan winds up in is is actually at the art institute and uh, and and so he finds himself at the art institute and I, I sort of love the scene that he's inside the museum by himself he sees you know an exact replica of himself standing in front of nighthawks and then as they're as they're talking, the, the whole museum begins to fill up with uh, with Dylan Moran. It's just, you know, thousands and thousands of Dylan Morans begin pushing through the Art Institute, and, and Dylan has to sort of chase this one uh, Dylan Moran out of the museum and into this uh, into this other world.
0: He gave me the creeps, that guy. I got really worried. Seriously. I wouldn't want to find somebody who looks like me that's like him. Wow.
1: So... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm serious. I like, like holy God, this guy's crazy. So he learns that about Tia, and the events that follow. Then he finally learns about Carly, and he might find her in the other world. So what happens in this other world when he finds out about Tia? That was scary. And what does he learn when he sees that Carly might be in the other world too? <clears throat> that's really scary.
1: Well, and that's the that's the interesting thing about um, you know about the whole concept of the many worlds and the other choices is, is, uh, you know, what, what Dylan has a chance to see. Um, and it's the kind of thing I think is sort of a a basic human desire is to, is to begin to find out what happened, what would have happened to your life if you made other choices. And so, um, what, what Dylan begins to see in this other world is, is who he would be if, uh, if he had made uh, some different decisions along the way. And, um, and so one of those decisions uh, was was you know getting married to someone else. And uh, and and to Dylan, he 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 can't understand how uh, another version of him could have made that that choice. Uh, and so you know in in this world, he's still himself, and yet he's he's facing the idea of of someone who's made very different choices. And the and the people in this world, of course, all think of him as as being the one that belongs there, even though he doesn't. And uh, and so he has to. Uh, he, he ultimately goes looking for Carly uh, to see if she's still alive in this world, and of course he thinks she's in danger uh, uh, at the hands of this this other doppelganger uh, that had been following him in the other world. So uh, it's uh, it, it's it's one of those it, it's it, it's designed to be very you know intense and dramatic and suspenseful and and in some places violent and yet at the same time. This is also, you know, this is also Dylan really beginning to confront the choices that he's made throughout his life and, and begin to understand who he really is and, 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 and try to deal with his, his, his guilt and his temper and, and, and his, you know, his feelings of loss and abandonment and betrayal that, that have sort of uh, stopped him throughout his life from becoming the man that, uh, that, that he, he really can be and the, the man that, that Carly saw in him as well.
0: I wonder if he would want to stay there. That's really strange. I mean, wonder if anybody would go well, to another universe and say, "You know, what, it's better here because everybody's alive." So I'm not gonna well, and, and that's me. what, and that's what Eve
1: warns him about is that you know that that uh, sometimes uh, people may think that this other world is more attractive than the world that they live in, and and sometimes they might be tempted to stay, but of course if you want to stay, you have a problem because there's another Dylan Moran who's already in that world. And while that Dylan is alive, uh, you can't take over that, that life and that path. But, well, what if, what, if you were to, what if you were to remove that other Dylan Moran from the equation? What, what kind of temptation might there be uh, to take over someone else's life?
0: That's cool. So how did you create the things that allow us to endure his pain, and understand his grief that he would find his way to some realm or world, and then he's out of control because he dreams a lot too. So that that's another thing because he's compulsive, like a whole bunch of people that I know. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. that
1: you know, Dylan. Dylan was a Dylan was an interesting hero to create because I I I want the reader you know to feel a lot of of you know, immediate, you know, sympathy and, and kinship with him uh, because, you know, he is, he is flawed. And yet he's got, you know, ultimately he, he's got a, a better heart than he realizes himself. And I, I think the reader understands that from the beginning as well, that, that, that underneath, you know, this rough exterior, there's, there's something, you know, really special um, behind there. And, uh, uh, and, and so I, I want the reader to kind of come along on this on this this quest um and recognize that uh you know Dylan like like many of us uh has has made decisions that he regrets and and uh, and, and has not always lived up to his potential uh and uh, um for all of us you know we don't have the opportunity to 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 change any of that once it's done it's done and and you have to live with the mistakes that you made uh, and and the question is you know for Dylan in in the midst of these many worlds is there some way for him to be able to to rectify his mistakes uh, uh, or at least find a way to, to live with them and uh, and so yeah I I, I I was creating the scenes with with Dylan um, you know in in a way that, that sort of symbolically you know represents the, the the journey that he's on and so when he comes you know, face to face with his, his doppelganger and, and this doppelganger, who is a violent serial serial killer and, and is, is sort of destroying the lives of Dylan uh, Dylan's wherever he goes in these many worlds uh, that, that ultimately, you know, Dylan facing off with himself is also Dylan facing off with, you know, that, that other side of, of, of his own soul that has, you know, has, you know, short circuited, you know, who he is in life. And is, is helped him make all these mistakes and, and so it's, it's what we know from the beginning is that the, the person that really uh, is standing in the way of Dylan is himself and so ultimately what he really needs to do is is be able to confront uh, that other side of his soul
0: what would happen if he actually killed himself then he would he die too if he kills his doppelganger
1: well one does not know does one
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah one doesn't know that yeah that's so scary. I, I know. I walked into a store the other day, and this lady said, "You look familiar." I said, "I probably don't. So don't even worry about it." Especially with a mask on, you can't tell who anybody is anyway.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. These days, you, you can't really you know you can't really tell who you're dealing with. That that's been one of the interesting challenges yeah. I think this past year. I mean, you know, they always talk about the fact that you know eighty percent of communication is uh, is is. Non-verbal, and that it's it's reading people's faces, and uh, it's a lot harder to do that when you're you're not you know seeing most of their face. So, and and I think that's that's kind of Dylan's situation. He can see he can see you know who these people are because they're him, and yet at the same time they're very very different. Uh, so how do you understand someone who's made very different choices than than you in your own life?
0: That's true. So what happens? When he meets Carly again, what does this make him think that he may be able to save her this time? Well, that's the that's the
1: that's the real question in 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 terms of of this quest. Uh, you know, in in his own world, he wasn't able to save Carly. Um, but you know, when when Dylan begins to realize that these many worlds are real, his his instinct is well, you know, can I can I rescue Carly in? In these other worlds and uh, and can i save her from this other dylan who is uh, uh, is is out to uh, is out to kill her um and yet it's it's a lot harder and a lot more complicated than than uh, than he realizes and uh it, it isn't it isn't just a question of being able to um being able to kind of step in and, and stop what happens because the the past has a way of, of wanting things to go the way they're supposed to go. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, and no matter how you try to, to sort of intervene, fate has a way of, of setting things uh, right or wrong again.
0: Yeah, I know, it's scary. Because what happens if he decides that he likes it where he's going? So Tia is angry, Scotty's is upset, Roscoe is gone. How does he deal with what happened to all three of them? And what do we not know? What is how does he not know what's real and what is real? He's only going to get to see me, Roscoe? That was interesting.
1: Yeah, well, and that's you know that that's um, I, I love that scene. You know when when you know Dylan ends up in a in another world and um, and and what uh, when he realizes that in this world there was no car accident and and Roscoe was still alive and he has an opportunity to go and and. Meet this friend that he lost, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, to to see him again uh, after you know after multiple years without him. Uh, it, it's you know it's such an emotional scene you know because uh, you know Dylan you know this is a, a huge moment for Dylan yet for Roscoe it's it simply well his 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 friend is uh, is here saying hello because you know Roscoe of course never lost his friend so um, but but when Dylan ultimately uh, decides that he can confess the the truth of what he thinks is going on to Roscoe because he thinks if there's one person in the world who will believe him about this extraordinary thing that's happening to him. It's Roscoe. And uh, we're, we're not really sure. I think whether Roscoe believes this or not, Uh, but um, uh, Roscoe has sort of a a bracing message for, for Dylan, uh, which is that, uh, you know, think, think long and hard, about what you're doing because you don't belong in this world and uh, you've, you've made choices in this world that you have to honor. And even if you don't want to, and, uh, and so uh, that's, that's something that Dylan again is is struggling with is, um, you know, the other choices that this, this other Dylan has made and, uh, and, and what that means, you know, for his future. And, uh, and can he, can he find a way to manage to, to screw up his life again uh, before he can set it right.
0: Well, the hardest part is going to be for him to decide what world he belongs in, if any of them. That's what's. Here. That's
1: right, and of course, you know, we only we only get one world ourselves, uh, and uh, and and that's the, the the challenge for Dylan is that uh, what what world does he really inhabit, and and if he finds a world that seems to give him everything that he would want, um, you know, can can you just can you just take a different world, or are you uh, are are you bound by the choices that you made in the past?
0: Well, does anybody really? What happens when somebody actually gets everything they really want? They're going to want more, most likely.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I'm getting good at this. So, <laughs> I mean, really, seriously, what happens when he tries to find Eve? There's no office, no phone. And what happened to her? And that's scary, because he needs her basically to bring him back, or not bring him back. So what happens when he goes to her office and she's not there? It's like yeah,
1: that well, and that's the thing about uh, going to the the other world is everyone else okay. has has made different choices as well, and and is living different lives, and uh, and so the Eve Breyer that he finds in this other world is very, very different, leading a very, very different life uh, from the one that he knew in, in his own world. Uh, And, and yet in finding her, uh, he also realizes that there are some things that, that are the same from world to world that don't really change. It's it's that there are certain, certain threads you can't escape, even if the the, the overall course of your life feels very different. And and so this Eve is, uh, is, is not, Successful is not happy. Is is um, essentially homeless, and uh, and yet still is. Um, it ends up being sort of Dylan's gateway into uh, the next stage in his
0: journey. That got me nervous. Well, before I forget, and I hope I'll be able to do this on the eleventh, because I canceled everything next week for whatever reason. Um, I have the author of the Mirrored Palace, David Rich. And on the 17th, I have a panel show, Dick Belsky, Tim Allen, Jeff Bond, and Derek McFadden. We're going to talk about how this pandemic is, you know, having an impact on publishing and on students learning in school online. And I learned that from working with my niece for her college classes, which I am getting really good at, seriously. On the 18th, we have the author of Baby Moses. On the 22nd, we have Pastor Michael Jones. We're going to talk about the seven habits of highly effective Christians. We're going to go into them a little bit more deeply. He calms me down. He's so inspirational. On the 29th, The Madness of Q. And on the 31st, what better way to end the month than with Philip Margolin, A Matter of Life and Death. I am, like, so excited. And, um... I just wanted to make this is a standalone, isn't it? Is it a standalone, this one?
1: Yeah. Infinite, yeah.
0: Well, you know why? Because I'm not going to say what the ending is. But the ending said like, "Whoa, you could do
1: more."
0: <laughs> I said like, "Oh my God, he got me again on this one. That was really good." Let me tell you. <laughs> the ending got it. And before I forget, because I have a whole bunch more questions, um, I hope Jonathan Schreier's coming back very soon because. Again, boy, I
1: get bored easily. I'm actually in the process of working on the next Stride novel right now, uh, and uh, it is called The Zero Night, and uh, that will be out from Blackstone in
0: 2022. Oh, I have to wait that long? That's so sad. Well, yeah. but I'll be keeping you busy b- before then because
1: uh, my next Jason Bourne novel will be coming out this summer. Uh, the Bourne Treachery comes out on July 27th. And then uh, the follow-up to my uh, Edgar Award finalist, The Deep, Deep Snow, will be coming out. Um, it comes out as an Audible original probably in June. It's called The Ursulina. And, uh, and then we've already sold print and ebook rights to Blackstone. So early in 2022, The Ursulina uh, will then be coming to print and ebook as well. So, uh, so never fear. There will be a lot ahead to keep you, to keep you going uh, uh, before Stride returns. Oh, that's
0: good, because... Whenever the BORN thing comes out, you got to tell me, because I can't believe August is almost gone. I filled up already. I'm getting very popular, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's sad. But the sadness is that we lost so many good authors this month. We lost somebody last week that was even sadder on the 28th. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, yeah, he was supposed to do an interview one in June, and he didn't make it. So... Let's hope nobody else, we don't lose anybody else. This is about forgiveness, despair, hope, survival, truth, understanding, and the power of love and much more. How did you incorporate all of those into this novel? Because you got that and a whole bunch more.
1: Yeah, that's, that's you know, I, when, when I, I write psychological thrillers, and, and the whole point is that I want, you know, I, I want you to keep turning the pages to find out what happens next. I mean, one of my, Favorite emails was from a reader who said that she'd been reduced to taking illicit bathroom breaks at work to get in another chapter, and uh, uh, you know, and and yet at the same time, you know, for for all of the, the suspense and the twists and turns, I mean, I, I like to write very human stories, and and as I said, this is this is this is really a journey of redemption. I mean, this is this is kind of like a, a grand quest that Dylan is going on in order to to kind of really find out. Who he is, uh, and and yeah, all those themes that you were talking about are are in there. I mean, it's it's about forgiveness because ultimately, um, ultimately, Dylan really has to forgive himself uh, for the for the choices of his past. Uh, despair, absolutely. I mean, he's you know he he, he he when we meet Dylan, he is at sort of the the, the the nadir of his life. I mean, everything has gone wrong, and and, and he's lost his wife, and and he's at Really, the, the the pit of of despair of of who he is, and, and seems unable to find any way that he could ever climb out of that. But you know, then it becomes a, a story of of survival and and a story of of how do you uh, how do you sort of begin to reexamine who you are in life uh, and. Uh, uh and yeah it's it's a story of 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 love not just between you know Dylan and Carly but between you know Dylan and 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 his friend Roscoe and um uh and the other people in his life that 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 Dylan ultimately really needs to be able to to um set aside his past and and be able to you know, open, him, open himself up and, and understand the lessons that, you know, his his friends have taught him. I mean, ultimately, even if Roscoe is gone, he's got to sort of uh, remember what it was that, that Roscoe gave him. And and that in some ways, you know, the idea of his guilt over the fact that on that night that, that Roscoe died, that that's when he met Carly, that in some ways it, it's like that was also a gift uh, that it was like Roscoe's last gift that if he's not there, uh, you know now, Carly is there in his life, and uh, and 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 Dylan needs to be able to, you know, to accept that gift with joy, and not simply, you know, berate himself and and beat himself up um, for for the mistakes of his past. Because the only thing we can do about the mistakes of the past is to is to to learn from them and and try to let them, you know, make us into better people in the future.
0: Well, the hardest thing sometimes, I know for me too is if somebody does something wrong, it's hard to forgive them when you know what they did was on purpose. So he has to forgive sure. himself, and then you have to forgive other people, and that's hard for Dylan. It's hard for a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I forgive, I try to, but sometimes I don't forget. I let you know, I didn't forget what you did. don't think so. so <laughs> <does somebody clears> throat> throat> yeah, no, that's, that's
1: that's exactly right. That's exactly right, and and, and it is... That that's you know I, I think in some ways though forgiving others is is typically a lot easier than forgiving ourselves.
0: Yeah. Well, my mother told me perfection is the word, so I said, okay, whatever you think so. So what happens when Dylan finally realizes where he might belong, but is it too late? And how what happens? Ah, well, that. He... Yeah, that's hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the question. That's the question. I mean, you know it. Uh, Right from the beginning, you know, Dylan talks about the fact that uh, if, if there was one thing he wanted in life, it was a second chance, uh, because he, he felt like he squandered the, the first go-round. And uh, he, if, if, if he could do anything, he wants to go back and be able to, to change his history. Um, uh, can you do that? Um, I don't know. You can't do it in, in real life, but uh, who knows? Maybe you can in, uh, in fiction.
0: Well, maybe he would sit down and write his life the way he wanted, and maybe it'll come alive again. You never know. He just does sit down and write it. So, would he do this again? Would he go back in time into the different worlds? If he had, if he had a choice, would he do it again?
1: <coughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah, that's uh, you know, that's a hard one. But that's the thing about a standalone is is that you know this is this you're taking a hero through one, you know, series of dramatic events in their life. And, uh, and, and then you have to let them go and, and let them lead the rest of their lives. So, uh, um, you know, that's, and that for the writer, that's hard because you, know, you get so emotionally connected to your characters. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and yet when it's a standalone, you know, that in, in, in the end you have to turn the page and, and, uh, and sort of let them move on their own. And that was true of, you know Lisa Power in in Secret River Falls, and it, it's true of Dylan in in Infinite that uh, ultimately uh, the the future belongs to him, sort of not me. So.
0: Well, what does he really think about Eve? What should we really think about Eve? I yeah, what
1: should we think about Eve? That's a that's a good question. I I don't
0: know.
1: There's 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 a lot of ways you could look at at who she is uh, and. Uh, and what her connection is to, to Dylan, but uh, I I prefer to look at that with a little bit of ambiguity. I'm not entirely sure what to think about Eve.
0: <laughs> I know. See, it's not just me people. It is. So Carly, if she were alive or dead, we're not to tell you if she's alive or dead in any world, would she blame Dylan for what happened?
1: No, I don't I don't think so. I, I think I think that's the F, I think the essence of, of who Carly is, is that she wants Dylan to become the the person that she knows that he can be. And, and I think what, what frustrates her is is that all of the the walls that Dylan throws up uh, for himself that prevent him from getting there. And, and yet, you know, Carly, I think is, is honest with Dylan. And we see this in flashbacks throughout the book and saying, look, I I know where I want to be. And you've helped me, you know, you've helped me find that and get there. And, and, uh, I don't want to go alone. I'd, I'd rather you come with me. But ultimately, I'm I'm ready for the next stage of my life. Um, are you going to be there with me? Are you going to come along? Uh, and that's that's kind of the question.
0: Well, how do you create flashbacks like that? Because those are interesting. By the way, this is one of those books that I read in two hours and got serious eye strain, but it was worth it. Seriously. <laughs> so,
1: like yeah. Yeah, flashbacks. You know, I mean, and it's always it's, it's an interesting uh, dynamic because um, you know, flashbacks tell you a little bit about how things happen, but you're then setting the stage for what you know might happen in the future. I mean, that's that's the the fun of this book is that uh, given that you don't really always know what's really happening, uh, the um, uh, the flashbacks kind of set the stage for all of the, the possibilities that exist in the future.
0: Wow. Really got me, and it's very chilling. How did you create that ending without telling anybody what the ending is?
1: Because I got the chance. <laughs> got the- oh my oh, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's 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 always the that's always the fun in my books. Is I I try to save one little last twist uh, for the for the end. So yes, we won't tell anyone what what what's uh, what um, what it is. But uh, it was uh, I knew I knew from the very beginning in in writing the book that that was how. I wanted it to end, so I, I had that twist in mind, you know, right from the start. So.
0: That, that is scary. I wonder what would happen in real life if Dylan came back to whatever world and none of this happened to him. How would he react to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's, what's, you know ultimately, what's ultimately real. so um, uh, but that's that's again the the sort of the interesting conundrum of this uh, theory in quantum mechanics is you you there there are all these other choices being made, and yet you can't actually access any of those to find out you know what's going on in the on the other branches of the tree.
0: Well, how many doppelgangers does he find? Just one? or is there somebody? there's a whole bunch of them. That's scary.
1: Yeah, well, as I say, I love that scene in the in the Art Institute where sort of all of these villains start populating. It's just such a, <laughs> and and he sees you know all the different you know the ways they 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 look and dress and and you know the clearly have led very very different lives. Uh, and uh, um, it, it's it just sort of you know symbolizes the whole concept of these infinite universes uh, in in one place.
0: Would he identify with any one of them? Would
1: he want to change places with them? That would be cool. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, again, that was the warning that, that, that Eve had is that, uh, um, you know, be, be careful of, of what you – because uh, you might think that one of these other worlds looks more attractive to you than your own. Um, but uh, you have to remember that none of those worlds belong to you. Uh, it belongs to another version of yourself who made different choices, and, and you each have to live – with the choices that you make.
0: Well, how do you decide the personality of each of these people in the other universes? Because, you know, I I was a music major and stuff, and I maybe in another universe I'm a concert violinist or something, doing concerts instead of educating children with learning problems. You never know. So,
1: yeah, know. that's right. Yeah, I mean, that it it's always interesting now, to think about the the road the road not traveled. So
0: Yeah. That that, that is so scary, really. So if Dylan could speak to us, what would he say? Would he do it over again? Would he allow her? I mean, the drug alone scared me. The fact that you gave him somebody a drug to send them back to another world. That that is scary. So would yeah, you
1: yeah. Again? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I I I get the impression when you look at the end of the book that that Dylan doesn't necessarily want to think too carefully about the experiences he went through that uh, they're 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 out there in his mind, and yet it's the kind of thing that you don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time dwelling on um, because, uh, um, you know, maybe you want it to be real. Maybe you want it not to be real, but um, uh, you you don't necessarily want to uh, uh, tinker with the past too much.
0: Okay, so before we end, tell us about the new Robert Ludlum book that's coming out that I can't wait to get it.
1: Yeah, uh, the Born Treachery that'll be coming out on July 27th. Um, we had such a, a wonderful run with my first Jason Bourne novel, The Bourne Evolution, that came out last year. In fact, it was uh, ranked as one of the the best mysteries and thrillers of 2020 by Kirkus, which I was just uh, thrilled at. And I I loved you know the the, the from so many readers who said it really just felt like you know picking up a Robert Ludlum novel, and that's that's always you know what I'm I'm going for. Uh, and so the Born Treachery. Uh, is uh, uh, you know it's a new born novel and and it tries to build on what I was doing in the Born Evolution, which is that I really wanted to create uh, a a Jason Bourne in the modern era um, who is very much you know the, the the character that Loveland created all the way back in the Born Identity, and and I think what has made Bourne such an enduring iconic thriller hero is that he is. You know he's he's flawed. He's not a superhero. He's fractured. He's struggling with who he is and and uh, what what you know. He has no memory and and he doesn't really know is is he a killer or is he a moral man? Uh, and so I I I'm, I'm kind of diving more into um, you know in, into who Bourne is and and uh, and and the thing about Bourne is that he 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 really needs someone in his life. And so uh, uh, you know in the first book he meets this Canadian journalist uh um Abby Laurent and uh, and and you know falls in love with her uh and uh, and so in this book uh we we get a little more taste of of uh some things from Bourne's past and how that's shaping uh who he is and uh, so uh it it's a it, it's a it's a fun book it's there's all sorts of you know action and adrenaline and uh some some great scenes in in London and places like that um so uh, I, I I can't wait for readers to uh, to meet Jason Bourne again, and uh, that will be uh, that will be this summer. So
0: me first, please, me first. So seriously speaking, let's see what I have here. My phone is like my guide to the world. Mm-hmm. I I cannot believe that I have all the way to the end of August. So if you want an interview, let me know, because I got August twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. 30th and 31st left, what can I say? I've never realized how popular, I've never realized how popular. This, this is like, you know what, because of this horrendous virus that doesn't seem to want to leave, ever. So just let me know because I will put you in my schedule with everybody else. I, I, have, I have reading like so many, and what's great about Jonathan Stride and Jason Bourne is that the character in the series keeps me wanting more where I read a lot of books with characters in they series, serious, they go, holy God, root canal. No, I'm serious. <laughs> and for, some, for some ridiculous reason, everybody's writing this Jessica Fletcher kind of thing where the main character is a bartender or a reporter or something like that and go, help me, please help me. And uh, yeah, not to interview them. So before we end, where can everybody learn more about you and your work? And I can't wait to get this one. Hint, hint. Yeah, they
1: can find me pretty well everywhere online. Uh my website is bfreemanbooks.com. That's one word bfreemanbooks.com. Uh they can find me on Facebook at uh facebook.com/bfreemanfans and uh, Twitter and Instagram at bfreemanbooks uh and uh, of course I'm I'm uh, over at Amazon as well and uh, currently infinite is available on Amazon and the Kindle store at a great price. And uh, as I said, it's 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 currently the number one bestseller in science fiction. So uh, go out there and, and grab your copy.
0: Well, my husband wants to grab a copy. He doesn't read anything i review ever, except some of the, you know, really scary ones. He said he's, I interviewed Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child last week, so he's going to read that. And yours is right on top because he wants to read that too. That's a compliment because he reads nothing that I've reviewed.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I'm pleased to hear it.
0: <laughs> he said, yeah, he's really Kiwi's he fast, too. So I want to thank her. This has been fun, really, seriously. And, Brian, do you do panel shows ever with a group of other authors? Because I've got a whole bunch coming up. You never know what I'm going to come up uh. with
1: yeah, I sometimes I do. I, I I confess I'm I'm probably going to be writing three books this year, so I I'm uh, I'm actually sort of <laughs> oddly grateful for all these uh, lockdowns because it's keeping me at home uh, just tapping away on my keyboard and uh, I I think that's what I'm going to be spending most of my most of my year doing, looking looking out at the uh, the the sunshine and and yearning to be there, but a lot of lot of stories to tell, a lot of characters to bring to life, so I'm I'm excited about that. Wow. Well.
0: I, I wrote, my new book is going to be called Population Zero. there's not going to be a second title, but there is be a real world without people and it's because of what's going on in this pandemic, I got picked up by atmosphere class and they think it's good, I hope they think it's good, and it's nine worlds that no one would want to live in, a world with no sun, a world that's freezing, a world with ice, a world with mist, and I invite a dead person to come back and experience what I created, and yeah. It's different. <laughs> and well, everybody in the book is dead. So I wonder what people would think about what happened if it was... <laughs> well. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I ended it uh, with something really odd and different. So the publisher thinks it's good. I just hope that the copy editor and the content editor tell me what I have to improve. And I'm very proud to say that Vincent Dandrin gave me a blurb for the back cover because he thought it was good. So that is really makes me feel better. So I'm going to thank you so much. And you have the best manager in the world. You have Marsha. You're lucky. She's That's married.
1: exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: That's exactly right. But thank you so much. And what I say at the end of every single show is just one small ask. When you go outside, please make sure you wear a mask and be careful. Stay social distance. Abide by the rules because otherwise you don't want to find out what happens when you get the virus. It's no fun. So everybody have a great day, Brian. Stay safe, stay healthy. Send my love to Washa. Everybody have a great day, and bye.
1: Thank you, Brand.